everyone, and welcome to Elder Speak, issue 61. Uh, we have another news-filled episode this week, and we're just going to kick it right off with Gavin with the news. Hey, everybody. Hope your day uh, hope your day's going okay. Uh, we're going to start off here with a bit of interesting news. Not Nothing too big, nothing too small. Epic Games is apparently letting you decide the fate of a new character in Gears of War 3. It's the latest Carmine brother, and if you recall, his two older brothers in the previous two games met some pretty gruesome fatal, uh, fatal fates during the course of those two games. However, uh, depending on the pieces of Avatar clothing you want to buy on July 29th, which is, let me check... Tomorrow, as of this time of the recording, you can buy one um, piece of Avatar clothing, I presume a shirt, that says, Save Carmine, or another that says, Carmine Must Die. Depending on which shirt gets more purchases, the character will either live or die. And uh, I'm not exactly sure how much um, (laughs) most people will find this interesting. It just reminds me of the uh, fate of the middle Robin, as it were, back a a couple, many years ago. They actually gave two phone numbers at the end of a of a famous Batman comic that uh, readers could call in to either save Robin or let him die. And they famously decided to kill Robin off. <laughs> uh, he was quite the annoying Robin, though, so you, uh, you, um, yeah, you don't lose a yeah. lot. But uh, one thing to note, though, all purchases are going to Child's Play, the uh, famous and awesome charity uh, from the Penny Arcade guys that donates video game paraphernalia and video game consoles and systems to um, needy children in hospitals. So very nice of Epic. But, Moss, what do you think? Well, see, if it wasn't for the child's play thing, then I would say this was a sleazy, uh, <coughs> sleazy way of making a cheap, uh, cheap buck. But uh, because it's for... Hey, hey, hey don't, don't, yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't, yeah, it's still a cheesy way of making a buck. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, at least they're, you know, tossing something, uh, the, the children's Well, it's, it's all or... proceeds, so basically everything they yeah. make. And, 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 you know, in that case, then I say, yeah, it's totally cool, totally fine. <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, not a cheesy way to make a buck, but definitely a nice publicity yeah. stunt for Gears of War 3. Not that it needs it at this point, uh, well, yeah, but yeah. so starting tomorrow or probably when this is up the day of, go and decide the fate of the latest Carmine brother. Let me see. Uh, yep. I don't actually know his name. I, I, don't he's know, he's so. just called the rookie, I believe. Yep, just the rookie, the, the, the last, the third Carmine yep. brother. So we'll see. It should be interesting. I'm still not going to play Gears of War 3, but I'm sure people will be excited. (laughs) But uh, sticking in the Xbox world here, um, the very, very addictive, very popular pop cap game, Plants vs. Zombies, is coming in a major way to Xbox Live. Now, um, the game is already pretty solid in itself, but the Xbox Live version is getting 12 unique achievements, 21 minigames, 9 new uh, multiplayer modes, two mo- uh, nine new modes, excuse me, two multiplayer, seven single player. And all of this is running at a sexy 1080p HD resolution. So a lot of new stuff if you haven't actually picked it up, but I do caution you, it is extremely addif- addictive. Not Bejeweled level, but it's still pretty up there. Monty, you ever Oh, uh, yeah, I, I finished everything I could possibly finish now <laughs> on my iPhone with that game, so... Yeah, I definitely vouch for that game. Uh, one interesting piece of news that we forgot to add, though, is that uh, the Michael Jackson dancing lookalike zombie uh, is going to be <laughs> removed from the game because the Michael Jackson Foundation found it in- inappropriate. So, um, yeah. But uh, they're going to replace wow. him with another dancing zombie that looks basically almost the same and functions the same way, just, you know, not Michael Jackson-ish as much. So they're going to make him black again? <laughs> Well, you know, he's a zombie. You can't really tell. His skin is all dirty. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
I guess so. I don't know. Maybe they'll choose one of his older looks just to uh, escape immediate credibility. Well, uh, immediate. Yeah, um, he was black in Thriller, wasn't he? He was black in Thriller. Yeah. yeah. So it would make sense. <laughs> but um, hey, but anyway. <laughs> Okay, we're good on that, but uh, we're moving on here to Ubisoft. Uh, EA has actually sold off its uh, its share in the company, and it was the largest shareholder, 15 total percent, which doesn't sound like a lot, but keep in mind most of these companies break down on... Less than one percent. Yeah, single investors investing their own money adding up. It's kind of like you know people fundraising for Obama. Mm. It's $2,000 from 50 billion people. So when this kind of huge thing sells off, it's... a uh, it's pretty big, and EA practically owned the company. Just it was very unofficial. So that leaves a major chunk of Ubisoft up in the air for anyone to grab. And contrary to what you're thinking right now, Activision Blizzard does uh, does not appear interested in Ubisoft, which means they could just be hobbling around with a big chunk missing. It's not this isn't necessarily too much money in their pocket. It is you know cyclical stock holding, but. It'd be interesting to see who picks it up. Again, it might not just it may just fill in with. Um, I think more it, minor investors. I hope it will. I hope it's just a bunch of minor minor guys because uh, I had forgotten about this. I remember this happened uh, when EA was trying to buy out Ubisoft some years ago, and uh, at the time everyone was really afraid that they would actually do it and and control Ubisoft, which was you know the last uh, at the time at least the last seemingly. Uh, uh, I don't know the company that that didn't you know go so much after the quick buck as perhaps EA and Activision at the time, uh, but um, you know thank the Lord and everything like that for uh, for Activision not being interested in buying them up. So, wow, yeah. <laughs> uh, stock stockholding brings out the religiousness in uh, muscles. Oh. Who knew? It's just a saying, man. <laughs> hey, I don't know. I mean. Um, Again, they didn't really. It's not an owning thing, so a major publisher can swoop in. It's just a matter of without EA and Activision Blizzard, you're kind of running low on major interest at that point. Mm. Then again, it may not be even be a video game based entity that um, buys stock in it. Uh, you, anyone that's you know paid attention to Ubisoft stock or at, or at least the release portfolio in the past couple of years have seen a very successful trend, mm. and with Brotherhood coming up in November, now is a very good time to invest, especially this summer period, because then stocks are going to go up towards the holiday season. So this is a really good time to buy low. As I were. think ever so since you... If it's already bought up, this is a this is a kind of an old story, so it could already be soaked up at this point. We just don't know. No, They haven't released yeah. any follow-up information. So let's just say it hasn't been done yet. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I think you know ever since Ubisoft uh, started doing their DS games, uh, what do they got? They got My Baby and all that kind of shit. So... Uh, ever since they started doing that, they started turning major profits. Mm. Wait, Ubisoft doesn't have my baby. That's Majestic. Oh yeah, yeah, but they have games like that. I, I I seem to recall they have a bunch of DS games, a series. I think that makes them a lot of money. I just can't remember which specific one it is. Well, I know they do. Uh, they did um, do a uh, Assassin's Creed game on the DS. I think it sold relatively well. It just wasn't really well, a critical. This draw. is a kids game. Well, let's see here. I'm look, looking it on up here. Um, uh, they have a bunch of assorted games. Oh, yeah, they have the Imagine Series. Oh, yeah, the Imagine Series. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's actually more towards the feminine market. Uh, you know, the insulting yet profitable girls just want to pretend to be things uh, market, which actually has made them successful. I'm seeing at least 
six releases in a DS line, and that's pretty good. It's like a kid's TV show. If it stays on for more than two games, it's successful. Yeah. So well, what do you know? I know, hey, I know when I worked uh, at the Evil Empire, um, <laughs> uh, those games were pretty hot. They sold a lot, so yeah. What do you know? Yeah. Keep on, keep on walking, Ubisoft. If this is what it takes to keep you making Assassin's Creed, I'm, I'm all for it. You, you keep on doing what you're doing. <laughs> but uh, speaking on keeping on, keeping on, um, people are not letting the California uh, lawsuit on video games die. Eleven uh, states, most of which, of course, filed the same sort of lawsuit earlier on, a couple, uh, three years ago or so, then that was then shot down. All those states are backing California's position in the video game law that would prohibit and criminalize the sale of violent video games to minors. Now, we've already talked about this a lot, but it's getting a lot of support, and I'm not really hearing a lot from the pro game side. So, Monza, what's, uh, what's, your, uh, what's your opinion on the game as, as it has evolved? Oh, get your, uh, I think I've said a lot about this whole thing. Uh, I'm just going to say boo everyone that supports it. <laughs> Uh, I'm also going to say I'm not that surprised over the different states that do support it. I mean, I'm seeing Louisiana, Texas, uh, you know, uh, Illinois. Mississippi. Yeah, Mississippi. So, yeah, big surprise. You know, I I would be surprised. You know, the day New York supports this or something, then then I'll get worried. I don't know. New York is far, um, has far too much of a market to uh, to oppose yeah. it. I'm pretty sure they would be cutting into their own profit. I'm not I'm not really familiar with the Connecticut or Maryland uh, video game market, but um, all these people stand to lose a profit if they support this. But again, it, we're not saying that we want Grand Theft Auto uh, Auto Four peddled to eight year olds. However, you know we've already we've already said enough. I, yeah. think. I don't really think we want to regurgitate all of it and uh, just stretch it along. So keep us tuned and uh, keep. <laughs> to us and we'll let you know either way but again the, they've been shot down in the biggest way from uh, Supreme Court so I'm not sure 11 states backing them will be uh, really really helpful at this at this time but what do I know I'm a, I'm a video at this game point, journalist they're I'm beating, a, at this point they're beating the dead horse with the judge hammer thingy <laughs> yes yes indeed but let's move on to some happy news. Let's, uh, let's move on to some gamers actually making change. Granted, it's in a game, but hey, um, did you like the new Cole McGrath? Uh, no. Monster? Did you like the look? No. Of- I no, mean, I didn't care that That's much, okay. but uh, I would yeah. prefer to, uh, you know, have it stay the same. You uh, you weren't alone. Not a lot of people really like the new Cole McGrath, especially with the new voice, the new kind of skater punky look. And so uh, Sucker Punch has announced that they are reverting. Uh, Cole McGrath to more of an original infamous one look, which you recall he had like the the runner's jacket, a uh, runner or biker jacket, the yellow one, and he kind of had a Kill Bill kind of thing going on. Mm. So we haven't seen any new screens. They haven't really come on and said, look at what he looks like now. But again, it t- it probably has taken a while to get a new uh, model up from. But um, yeah, this is it, it's pretty interesting to see such a spontaneous and adamant response from a game's audience. So I'm pretty sure Sucker Punch, Sucker Punch was kind of taken aback. I'm not exactly sure what what really well from uh, brought the idea into their head to change Cole McGrath so drastically between from, games. from what I heard about it from uh, other people uh, that have talked to them, uh, it was something like half of them who wanted to, uh, to start out fresh and and make a more appealing character, and uh, the other half wanted to stick with their more uh, grungy, you know, uh, 
uh, Gruff Guy, Gruff Street Guy, uh, which the the original uh, Colm McGrath was. So uh, once they got the huge amount of uh, of fan feedback, they decided to change it finally. I think maybe it has a little. I mean, it had a little bit to do with um, with sales. I think you know the new Colm McGrath might just be a little bit more um, uncharted. It, he might be a little bit more appealing to the masses, where the old one was kind of like this uh, sickly-looking guy. <coughs> well, I never really cared either way, but it's gamers coming up, voicing their opinion, and getting heard, which is, we're all for that. We're all for developers listening to their audiences. So yeah. hopefully more people do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed. Let's but, see more of that. <laughs> but, yeah, absolutely. But Mots earlier on the show mentioned my baby, and this is probably why. So, uh, what do you, what, uh, Mots, what does my baby, um, Call of Duty, uh, World, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 and Brutal Legend have in common? Uh, they're all games that I don't play that much. <laughs> Besides that, they're all been games that have been the target of major lawsuits. <laughs> and apparently, South Peak is. Well, alleging that Majesco does not have the proper rights to publish the My Baby, My Baby series, which is a, the DS child-rearing sim that gives you a child that looks rather odd in its pixelated form and has you raise it. I'm not exactly sure more about any more than that. I'm kind of frightened to actually look at the games. But regardless, um, the French developer of the title, Nobelis, has responded to the suit, and they're siding with Majesco. And what is it about? What, it, what does it all come down to? It's the money, Lebowski. <laughs> Nobly said that South Peak didn't pay them on time. So they're with Majesco now. It's always about the money, and it's always about getting paid. I... So interesting to see where this goes, but that's all we know so far. See, I I, I uh, sympathize with South Peak on this one because... There's such a go-getter publisher. You know, they publish all these niche, super hardcore games, and they make barely any return on any of them, uh, yet they keep going. Uh, so, you know, I kind of want them to win this. I don't think they're right in this case, but I just want them to keep going, keep, you know, <laughs> existing, basically. As opposed to Majesco, who's just... And that's, uh, yeah, they're, they're having... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Majesco, both of these developers are not exactly in prime positions. Both have been having financial troubles for a long time. Well, yeah, but Majesco makes... More... I mean, Majesco publishes stuff like, uh, you know, arcade games and stuff like that, a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, South Peak does, you know, these super niche Japanese uh, titles and, and all kinds of shit. So, yeah. Hmm. Well... There you go, guys. That is the Moth's opinion <laughs> that we all wait for. The Andy, the Andy Rooney of Elder Geek, if you will. Ooh. But uh, we're moving on here. Um, uh, from a very not-so-much Elder Geek game to a very Elder Geek game, Body Count, which, of course, is the latest FPS coming from Stuart Black, or is it? Uh, reports are coming in that Stuart Black has confirmed he will be leaving uh, Codemasters, the developer of Body Count, right after the core design has been finished. This means once the game reaches probably alpha phase, where everything is set, everything is existing, at least in its basic form, that will then be polished for release, he will leave the company, and then the, he will just have the rest of the designers and people working there wrap up production. So this is not necessarily that he's just ditching the product. He is just leaving after pretty much the, the majority of his job is finished. He just won't be around for going gold, probably. Um, and this is actually the, not the first time a major 
name on the project has left the project. An executive producer of the title, Tom Gilo, also re- uh, was replaced earlier on in the year, but that was a ma- that was more of a Codemasters staff change than a game change. But Monster. see, I don't. Are you looking forward to Body Count? Uh, I, Are you a story I player? haven't even paid attention to the game. Uh, I'm not really sure I've, I've even seen it, but uh, sounds to me like it might be a quality issue. That it might be that he's lost. Really? Uh, how, how do you say? Well, uh, it says here comments from fans uh, uh, that Black left due to a bad showing at last month's E3 were uh, put down by the yes. company. Uh, you know, so I mean, if they think it had a bad showing and he, you know, just so happens to announce his departure right after E3, then you know, I might want to think that the two are connected in some way. But I'm not sure, obviously. Yeah, the the, the code match. Yeah. Codemasters is trying to pin it, uh, you know, uh, shove it under the rug, as you said. They're not, they, they thought they had a good showing, but, you know, it's up in the air. He didn't really provide a reason. Uh, we don't have any word from Black on it. It's all Codemasters, uh, managers. So it's, it's really up to interpretation now. And I'm not exactly sure. I mean, he isn't, if it was a quality issue, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't wait to leave. However, he, the, uh, the delay in him leaving is probably due to contract, contractual issues. Yeah. But we're not, a, again, this is all speculation, so feel free to get on our site and uh, tell us what you think. But as of right now, Moss is saying it's not good, <laughs> and considering it's a Codemasters title, he's uh, he's pretty solid in that foundation. I'm skeptical. I'm going to give him the benefit of doubt. Well, but you know, again, I'm not going to say sit here and say that Codemasters is a bad publisher. I think they have a lot of great games. I just oh no no no. I just um I just think the whole situation is a bit weird, and you know I'll correct myself in two months when we hear that suddenly. He had a contract with some other developer slash publisher years, you know, drawn up years ago, and he just had to leave now. But uh, yeah, it's it's a strange situation. There, yeah, there are many reasons to leave. Yeah, we just don't. We have absolutely no idea. This is what happens, developers, when you don't tell us exactly why you're leaving. Just, just, just a note to every to uh, to major dev heads. But let's move on here from um, back into the social gaming sphere to the. Uh, casual gaming sphere, Disney has bought Playdom, and I know that name doesn't seem really strike anyone that might listen to the show as familiar, however, it is the second largest social games platform outside of Zynga, and Zynga is a majorly successful publisher of, of course, things like Mafiaville and thought... Far, uh, Mafia Wars and Farmville and etc. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna... So, Play, uh, Playdom's second up there. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna ask, uh, wasn't Big Fish or something uh, the second largest... Uh, social Big Fish was bought, bought up. Yeah, but they're still, you know, there. Well, I mean, um, Play, uh, Playdom is was the second largest non-bought oh, okay. up entity. Sorry, yeah. I clarified. Uh, yeah. So, um, I mean, they had their major investors. They had their they had their interests representing them, but they weren't mm. um, a subsidiary. And now Disney has bought them up, and this is just the latest acquisition by Disney, who is uh, really making a major push for the games industry, and this really puts them at the top. Now it's just Zynga and the third place, and we don't even know we're it's we don't even have any idea who who's in third place at this point. Everyone needs to recalculate the budgets and get back. Yeah, to us. I don't but, think we should care that much, to be honest. I think uh, really, well, I mean, bought out or not bought out, I don't think it matters that much. I don't think the service changed that much. Maybe the IPs associated with the different games, but uh, the games themselves are probably going to stay the same. Yeah, it's just a it's just a matter of competitive corporate politics. Yeah. It the the intrigue of studio acquisition, <laughs> as it were. Yeah. 
which makes Zynga all the more elusive and all the more tasty property for whoever can uh, snatch them up at this point. It's hard. I mean, even Google's weighed in and Zynga's like, hell no. So I don't know who can pick it up at this point. Apple? I don't know. Well, I mean, if, if Google just... can't, then I don't think Apple can. I mean, Google's bigger than Apple, isn't it? Uh, true. I mean, it may not just be a question of money. Who knows? Maybe the Saudi oil, oil ty- tycoons will weigh in and get their own uh, social gaming platform. Yeah. It's it's anyone's game now, and it's the probably the one of the more fun games to watch from a financial perspective. I wonder if this. I, I think this is the right move by by Disney because I think uh, you know, Epic Mickey and games like that are cool, but I think really where Disney can make their buck is with these kinds of games. Because as soon as you start uh, associating Donald Duck and uh, Mickey Mouse with uh, Farmville, then oh, yeah, God. then you got your money. So, yeah. Oh man, um, it, I'm sorry. I'm gonna go all uh, human interest here right now. <laughs> it actually reminds me um, back way back before Disney was even in the video game sphere. They had interactive um, tour discs for all of their for all of their theme parks. And as a kid, I was just fascinated with it. It was very early in the computer days, you know, way back in the good old days, as it were. Mm. And they would, it would just be a virtual map that you would go through it and just explore all their stuff. And really, it wasn't about the game. It was just about seeing all the rides and seeing all the characters. So okay. I'm, seeing, I, I'm envisioning that just translated to even the simplest concept of a game that you can even think of, where it, it, it could even make Farmville look hardcore by comparison, and it will just... Hell, that kind of reminds it'll, me. It'll See, do you remember the first Harry Potter movie that came out on DVD? That kind of reminds me of that, where you had uh, uh, a bonus disc, uh, where they had this little adventure game played out, where you uh, you know interacted with with different videos of of basically Hogwarts Castle or whatever it's called. So, uh, it's, it... uh, I don't I don't recall that bonus disc. Maybe it could. Um, was it was it region centric? Uh, maybe I don't know. To be honest. I don't know. Then again, I've never really been a fan of the Potter movies. Yeah, so I could just neither have I. I just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, uh, I think we agree it should be interesting to, and very profitable to see where um, Disney goes with mm. this. But uh, we, uh, speaking of Apple, like we uh, did a bit ago, surprising announcement here. Ubisoft is actually bringing some major titles to the Mac. Steam's already done it well, but uh, even Steam's been more geared towards the casual fare. I mean, if you just look at the recommended games between PC, which is DC Universe Online, and Mac, which is like Bookworm Deluxe, you can definitely see a disconnect in the style. But if Ubisoft has their way, pretty much any game can transition to Mac. They're actually bringing Splinter Cell Conviction and Assassin's Creed 2 to the OS. I'm not exactly sure how they'll how they'll um, compensate for the technicals. Yeah, I mean, Mac but... doesn't have DirectX 10 and stuff like that, does it? it no, uses, no, 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 no. I think it uses OpenGL. Uh, which is a freeware uh, encoding uh, thing, but um, yeah, I have no idea. I have I've never gamed on a Mac. I've never owned it. <laughs> very, very, very specifically for um, I might add, very, very preferable. Yeah, same here. See, I've always but, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I've always thought of of, of Windows as as the gaming platform. Uh, I mean. Uh, it just it seems strange to me. They would have to. I mean, I don't think you could ever get a game like Crisis, which focuses so heavily on the uh, features basically exclusive to DirectX 10 uh, technology and 11 technology. And you know, if you could get that the same on an Apple machine or on a Mac, I'm not sure. 
So it, it seems strange. I really don't think. I think it's going to be similar concessions from going to uh, from a console to a handheld. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's going to look like a DS game on your computer. It's just similar. You're working with very different hardware. So I'm not exactly sure how it's going to transition. Um, and even just not taking into account Direct uh, DirectX like Crisis, even going into games like Mafia 2, they're heavily dependent on these very complex 3D and not 3D, but um, yeah, 3D modeling mm-hmm. and physics engines that just simply wouldn't work on the Mac processor. So I'm not a, again, it's going to be very intriguing. And if Ubisoft succeeds, this is going to mean a lot of major um, titles expanding into Mac, and pretty soon it's going to be you know PC, PS3, Xbox 360, and Mac. Yeah. I'm not. It's going to become. A new, see, I'm just going to correct yeah. you, but I, I don't think it's the case that it wouldn't work on a Mac a processor. I think it's, I mean, they could definitely make it work. It's just software. It's, it's, uh, I mean, Macs aren't any less, uh, or can, you know, can be just as powerful as a Windows machine. It's just that usually yeah. they don't need to be. Uh, but, uh, I think it's more the case of, of Nvidia and those guys having signed exclusivity deals to, uh, True. to Windows. Uh, I don't even think Macs, I mean, they have their own hardware. They don't use, uh, you know, uh, NVIDIA and stuff like that, do they? So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, like you said, they have an exclusive exclusivity agreement with uh, Windows. Yeah, so, yeah, I I just, uh, I feel like, you know, we shouldn't give Mac the uh, the absolute slap just because they're different. <laughs> Kill all that's different. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, but um, this is coming from fiscal sales reports, which Ubisoft is very happy with, and they list these at Q2, which actually ends very soon. It ends in September. So I'm not sure if that's completely accurate, which means that we could be seeing these fairly soon, or Ubisoft just kind of messed up or fudged mm. their uh, their listing. It could have just been a speculative listing. But who knows? Keep it tuned to Elder Geek, and we'll let you know. Yep. All you guys that are watching us uh, on Mac, I guess, all three of you. <laughs> but <laughs> what do you say we move on? I'd be on? surprised. You, uh, you... <laughs> or you'd be surprised. Um, I would be surprised. I would be extremely, extremely surprised. What do you say we move on to a pair of um, music rhythm games, the classic standby that's actually been failing, but maybe coming back? You, uh, you cool to talk about oh, it? Oh, yeah. Ready? Bring it yeah. on. Let's, let's start off with a big one. Let's start off with harmonics here. They've announced new tracks for Rock Band and Dance Central, all masters, and uh, some pretty good-looking ones, too. Marilyn Manson's Beautiful People, <laughs> the B-52's Rock Lobster, for all of you awesome people out there, Death Leopard's Foolin', Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, and they've uh, announced some Dance Central tracks, too. Salt and Pepper's Push It, naturally, and Young MC's Buster Move. Ooh. So pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Predictable, pretty, standard, pretty, pretty understandable. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't care about any of them. Really, this you, you being able to push it as it were won't let won't make you go out and buy Dance Central. No, <laughs> Moss won't be busting a move. Yeah, oh, I could bust a move probably. I, I think I could, you know, do that, uh, especially since it's such, such a loose definition. But uh, otherwise, no, thank you. <laughs> oh come on, Moss. come on. Well, okay. Well, doesn't really interest Moss, but everyone knows that there's at least someone out there. But uh, we also have some stuff coming in from Guitar Hero, Warriors of Rock. They actually have, um, they're, they're touting very much their 90-plus track list, which at this point, I'm just not sure how many unused tracks there are in the world. But they've gotten two re, uh, re what's the word, Remi- not remixed, um, just hold on a second. I'm trying to get the actual, um, re-recorded, there we go. I swear I can speak. Mm-hmm. Re-recorded tracks from Alice Cooper, 
and the Runaways, which was of course um, what uh, J- um, Black Arts, hmm. Joan Joan Jett's original band. So Alice Cooper re-recorded No More Mr. Nice Guy, and the Runaways re-recorded Cherry Bomb. So really awesome re uh, re 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 remastered tracks, and this is addition to the four billion songs that are already available on disc. And we and um, not mentioned in the article that I'm bringing to the site yet, mind you, is um, the final song in the Guitar Hero game, which is always epic as they try to make it, is Rush's 20 minute 2112 opus. Oh my god! And since they realize, wait a minute, most of our audiences are 14 year olds. They've actually broken it up into about, um, I think it's either five or, yeah, five breaks, as it were. You get five rest points in between, so you're not playing for 20 minutes if you're a pussy. Hopefully there'll be an option to turn it off for a major crazy gold trophy or 50,000 gamer score achievement. See, I think you did that wrong. I think the 14 years olds would be the ones who actually bothered to play through it, and, you know, you and me would just say, fuck this and go away. (laughs) That's true. I, I, I will not play the endless set list on Rock Band. I refuse to do it. I don't have the six hours to just sit and play. Yeah. Dear God, I have no idea how anyone could do that. I'm, uh, but I would like to... Go ahead. I'm excited for Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. I've been longing for that track in a music rhythm game for some time now. So, you know, if, if I ever get to play this, then that's the first song I'm going to choose. Keep in mind, guys, Rush's 2112 is not, you're not going to be dragon forcing it up the entire time. But its solos are, can get a bit repetitive, if I remember yeah, the song correctly. And at such a length, it, it, <laughs> it's going to be a challenge just staying awake because I remember even in Air, Guitar Hero Aerosmith, some of their hooks are just so, again and again and again, so repetitive that even in a four minutes period, I'm just like, uh... Oh, could you imagine your fingers, how the muscles would ache after 20 minutes of non-stop play? I think, you know, there would be a health warning, like, get a bucket of of ice and put it next to your 360 or something. I I don't know, man. I would like to see the person that tried. I'm pretty sure someone will, will like, um, reverse engineer the game to do it for themselves and then put it on YouTube for all of our amusement. Mm. But... (laughs) <laughs> good luck to good luck to him. I'm not even going to be near doing that. Yeah. But it, um, it's a great song, regardless. So I'm very happy to, with their choice. There should be interesting to see exactly how that charts, how that's going to appear in Rock Band. So how are you? How, not, how would you buy a new uh, Rock Band or or uh, Guitar Hero game at this point? Um, I do buy them. I don't buy them at. I've never bought a Guitar Hero or Rock Band game new. Okay, ever. So you don't I just yeah. you don't mind, you know, buying all this different iterations. Did you buy Green Day Rock Band or something? Did you buy No I did not. Did you buy um the Beatles? <laughs> no. Yeah. I bought uh, I did buy a guitar here Aerosmith only because it was bundled with a guitar that works with literally everything, even rock band. So I'm like, I'll just get the guitar and have the game for, you know, an extra. And that's really all it was good yeah. for. But what do you know? See, so, yeah, you know, uh, it's it's weird because I buy um, tracks. I don't actually buy the game. I buy a bunch of tracks on, on PSN, and then I borrow the game uh, from friends, whatever game I want to play. So you don't you don't physically own no a rock band. No, game. I got actually a free guitar from a from a friend of mine. She um she she and her uh, her uh, boyfriend bought these you know huge expensive realistic guitars that were like uh, I guess two hundred bucks or something. Uh, and they, you know, they they're basically guitars with with the strings, uh, you know, taken out of it and uh, and the frets put into it. So, uh, and so I got their their old guitars 
But uh, other than that, I don't actually have the game. <laughs> wow. Intriguing. Yeah. No, I, I, I've been buying tracks rather than discs for, for Rock Band for a long time. I can't do it with Guitar Hero. I don't have one that you can upload tracks to. I just have Aerosmith, and you can't do anything with that. Yeah. But um, I really wish more of the games had the import feature, so I could just take all the Aerosmith game, uh, songs and put them into something. Yeah, definitely. But that's the way it works. So if you like Rush, it's definitely your kind of finale for Guitar Hero Warriors of Rock. But what do you, um, let's move on to a very, a, as different a game series as you can possibly get from Guitar Hero, and that's Spore. Now, uh, Spore, of course, you will call is the uh, famous life sim from uh, Will Wright, the amazing and awesome dev of like The Sims and such. And we're actually getting a sort of spinoff slash sequel from the Spore universe called Dark Spore. And that is that apparently is it still has the character generation feature, which, you know, uh, people were using and having fun with months before the game came out. And this time it's going to have an action RPG element, similar to Diablo, hack and slash, inventory, character management, leveling up, et cetera, the et cetera, good, et cetera. The good part of the game, the first game. <laughs> Absolutely, that's right, that's right. Um, and for a while, it was actually rumored that Bioware was coming in to actually help um, with the development, considering Maxis, the uh, Spore developer, isn't really... In, inclined towards action RPG. They've never really done one before. They're all interested in simulation. So we we had reported that, but EA has come back and said, not true. Mm. They're cutting it out. It's not happening. It, um, they're, work, they're working with a guy named Malcolm Azania for the writing in the game, for the, uh, for the story. And he comes technically from Bioware, and he worked on the Mass Effect fiction. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure if that means the books or that, the story. I think that means the universe. I think that means setting up the whole world. That, that sounds yeah. right. Uh, setting up the diegesis. But that's it. That is all. I mean, is he, I don't really think he's actually still connected to Bioware as, you know, a formal employee. So we, we just kind of, um, the original story we got was just kind of carried it off from mm-hmm. that. They just, uh, it was a bit of an assumption, assumptive journalism, which is never right. Tusk, tusk, shaking finger. Well, at. But it's, it's still, it's still cool. We're getting a real, this, this uh, we're getting a real science fiction writer to bring in on the Steam, which could still be awesome, but we're not just having the entire where Bioware, Mass Effect, Old Republic Force on the Spore universe. And I'm going to say this, as science fiction goes in gaming, Mass Effect is by far my favorite, so... Oh yeah, absolute king. Um, um, Is is Maxis uh, actually bought up by EA, or are they partners? Um, I believe they were were bought up before the partner system came in place, so I'm going to say... They are a wholly, wholly owned subsidiary. I don't really yeah. let me. I'll look it up, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say they are a uh, owned portion of. EA. Right. Well, in either case, it it does make sense for them to get help from uh, Bioware, even though they technically didn't. Uh, but uh, yeah. I mean, I like this kind of cross studio proliferation in between in the public in the partners sphere. Mm. I like this idea that a publisher will attach two of its um, major stars in what they're good at and then combine them kind of like what they did with bioware and the uh mmo studio which i completely forgot the name of for mythic exactly for old republic so i mean that's that's exactly what a major publisher should do they need to get invested more in the development of their properties in that way not interfering with the actual development not not coming down with a guy in in a suit and like crossing out concept art but definitely you know 
uh, noticing the specialities of one studio and putting them in the studio with complementary specialities to create a better product. I like I like this idea. And so far, all I've seen is EA doing it. Activision Blizzard, a eh, little bit, not so much. And yes, Maxis, I'm confirming, is a subsidiary of Electronic. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, I man, I, I rounded 16 city blocks with that tangent, didn't I? <laughs> you <Wow>. did. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, what do you say? We, what do you say we move on before I spend an hour just talking about politics? Uh, well, I would enjoy that hour, but let's do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure our listeners would, but uh, let's go um, to something I still love to talk about, and anyone who's a true gamer loves to talk about. Um, let's talk about strategy RPGs, and specifically Tactics Ogre, a splendid strategy RPG, one of the greatest ever made, is getting a PSP exclusive reboot. Those, um, I believe it was 2007, Final Fantasy Tactics, the best, single best, number one strategy RPG ever made, got a uh, similar reboot where they revamped the graphics engine, uh, tweaked the gameplay a little bit, remastered the audio, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So Tactico, Tactics Ogre, excuse me, the full title, Tactics Ogre, Let Us Cling Together, is having the same treatment. And they're also getting a couple new mechanics, too. New character growth mechanics, new leveling up. We're not exactly sure what that means yet. And a Wheel of Fortune mechanic. Very uh, game showy sounding. We'll add more <laughs> replay value to the game's already gargantuan amount of replay value. These games you can play for eternity, like I have with Final Fantasy Tactics. Now, so I'm excited, but it's PSP exclusive, which means people will be able to pirate it soon. Yeah. Now, would you say this was uh, exceedingly popular when it came out? Depends on the audience and the platform. This was PS, uh, PlayStation 1 and Sega Saturn. Mm-hmm. Of course, on the Sega Saturn. Yeah. But on uh, PlayStation, it ha- it, I mean, it it definitely got a cult following over the years. Because I've, never, I've a- never heard of it until I read this post. So Really? Yeah. Ever heard of Tactics? No, no, and I'm a big fan of Tactics games, uh, especially Final Fantasy, obviously, so it's strange that I haven't, but... uh... Yeah, even looking at the cover here, you'll notice very similar art to Final Fantasy Tactics. A lot of the same people worked on it. I mean, these are people from Tactics, these are people from Vagrant Story, so these are all very much a kind of uh, incestuous (laughs) team, I suppose, (laughs) Um, but... Always nice to see, you know, classic games that are really, really awesome games getting re, uh, you know, repolished for a new generation. Can't wait. Yeah, and you need to play it. And you, I don't think you have. To, I don't think you're allowed to wait months. I think I'm going to force you to find a used copy on PlayStation and just uh, put it in and play it. Kind of like what uh, Kip did with us, uh, Star Fox 64, a couple, a couple, I guess a year yeah, ago. Yeah, but now. I'm ha- I, I usually hate flying games, so this one I'm, at, I'm at least inclined to want to play. So. <laughs> See, either way it looks yeah go ahead I'm just going to say I recognize that uh, Star Fox 64 is probably an awesome game and I would probably love it if I played it but I just can't find the motivation to actually do it ahead of all the other stuff I need to play so you know I have a mm-hmm. backlog the size of my house and uh, it's not uh, uh, comforting to know that I'm playing a uh, you know, 15 year old game ahead of you know something released last month yeah, yeah. Well, I had another smaller story we were planning to do this week, but I'm looking at the main big blockbuster Uber discussion story for this week, and knowing me and Moss, we're just not going to have time for it. So I'm just going to come out and say it. The greatest thing in the world happened uh, last weekend at Comic-Con. Street Fighter X Tekken and Tekken X Street Fighter were, were announced. Two crossover 
fighting games of the two, probably the two biggest rival companies and rival franchises in the market, in the fighting genre. Oh, yeah. And this, and so the first one we know most about is Street Fighter X Tekken, probably because, you know, they, they've had the Street Fighter 4 engine for the longest. And what, um, these are bringing in major Tekken characters so far confirmed is Kazuya Mishima and uh, Nina Williams. And they're adopting the Street Fighter style. They're adopting the Street Fighter gameplay. And it's just crossovering like that. Similarly, we assume Tekken X Street Fighter will um, be within the Tekken universe and within the Tekken gameplay and just bring in Street Fighter characters into the art style and hopefully finally, finally make Street Fighter fans realize just how superior Tekken's been for the past couple decades. See, here's the thing. Uh, first, oh my god. Uh, second, I know... Uh, I'm such a huge Tekken fan, so much more than Street Fighter, but I kind of want to see uh, Warang and my favorite characters beat the shit out of Ken. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's, pro- that's the reason you pick up these games, and it's really interesting to see these two titles, um, um, d- the development being split across two titles. A lot of people on our site weren't exactly sure why that was, and for me, that simply um, that appears to me simply just because you ha- these are two rival companies, and they both want a chance to be, uh, you know, publish it within their own framework. If it was just one, Capcom would naturally get top rights, and Namco Bandai, Bandai would get kind of screwed over in the process. So here we definitely see, you know, a kind of hybrid uh, symbiotic development status between the two, sharing. Um, various frameworks and such, and just adopting it within their own platform, which I definitely approve of. This yeah. is really awesome. And also, and I hope it's also just Tekken alone has like 50 characters. Uh, so <laughs> the balancing of that and Street Fighter characters would be just impossible. Uh, and yeah, knowing that, I'm pretty sure we're not going to get the full roster of both series and both yeah. games. I'm pretty sure you're going to get just the, I hope they just just ones. see. I love Eddie and and Crystal, but just. Kill those fucking characters off so we don't have to suffer through <laughs> them anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, let's see. I, I can probably um, I can probably guess which characters are going to be uh, in Street Fighter X Tekken from Tekken. You're going to have King. You're going to have Eddie. You're going to have Roaring. You're going to have Hihachi Mishima, and you're probably going to have Paul. I'm not. Uh, you probably can bring in about maybe what what do you say a dozen 15 oh, characters think, from the opposing I think law and lay and uh all the classic ones basically and maybe the new guy everyone, yeah maybe everyone that's been in uh, everyone that's been at least one uh, at least two games since Tekken 3 will definitely get a spot uh, so. yeah or just everyone from Tekken 3 because that's what that's the best Tekken so Oh, absolutely. I think it's the best fighting game ever yeah. made, and people still hit me over the head when I say that. <laughs> but um, this is a this is a tag team game. I mean, it, you can uh, you know two two pairs you flip out just like any other Capcom crossover. So uh, I was excited for Marvel vs. Capcom three. Then this happened, and I'm kind of like I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, Amaratsu's in it now, and Deadpool. so is Thor. Don't care. Don't. I mean, Deadpool's nice. Um, he can beat people with his you know uh, health bar from the UI. I have Street Fighter X Tekken now. I'm I'm good. So I mean, yes, we're gonna wait a while. I'm I don't think it's even gonna be available until 2012, which is kind of depressing. Should, but this is what I like to see. Should we should we assume that like just uh, Devil Jin will beat the shit out of every Street Fighter character? Um, dep- uh, in the hands of a certain player, yes. But or, um, you know, not sure. when you see, I mean, I imagine they're gonna have cutscenes still. So. You know, whenever in a Tekken game you see Devil Jin versus anyone in a cutscene, 
he always comes out on top. There's just no question. You know, in some way, he just destroys everything around him. So I'm wondering, you know, how how's the fiction going to work here? <laughs> well, I mean, the um, Street Fighter is notorious for having very short cutscenes, and unfortunately, Tekken's gone the same route too. So it's probably just going to be like uh, Capcom versus Tatsunoko, and it's just going to be these very odd, stupid, uh, canonless cutscenes that are just you know fan service after fan service and. In, in thinking there for a bit, I just came up uh, with this horrible, horrible image in my head of the two most annoying characters in gaming in the same game, which is uh, Sakura and Xiaoyu. Oh. And I'm like, oh, oh, God. Xiaoyu is kind of cool, though. <laughs> I mean, you have to have... No, she's not. You, you have, I hate You Xiaoyu. have to be skilled to play her. You have to know what you're doing to yeah, and I, I hate it when I come up with a uh, with a skilled Xiaoyu player because it's just impossible. She's bouncing all around yeah. all the time, and it's not uh, it's the not only like, person I ever. It's, it's not like Eddie, where you just hit X and circle and just own everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not a cheap strong character. Yeah. You definitely have to have skill. But man, oh, do I hate Xiaoyu? <laughs> she's extremely difficult to master, and she's just hate the design, and I hate Sakura for the same reason, and now they're going to be in the same game, and it's it's going to make my head explode. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, any final thoughts on that, Mots? Uh, aside from it being the greatest thing in the uh, world? Let's just say, I, that is, you know, awesome and everything, but I want to see, like, new mashups now. I want to see Bloody Roar versus something, something. I want to see... Killer Instinct. Killer Instinct, for example, yeah. Or God Hand, or whatever, you know, these... These niche fighting games. I want to see them go go against each other now. What Street Fighter versus uh, <laughs> versus Mortal, uh, Street Fighter the movie the game? I don't think it even has to be fighters. I mean, just do any type of game. Do you know BMX XXX versus Tony Hawk or something? <laughs> <laughs> or um, God, just uh, dancing crossover games. That'd be what kind of weird. Yeah. Like Dance Dance Revolution and Space Channel Five. <laughs> Or like, or Crazy Taxi crossed over with um, Jet Jet Grind Radio. Yeah, that'd be really that'd be really <laughs> interesting. At, at this point, you know, it's practically anything. Capcom's been crossover heavy for a while, and they just realized they have a huge community for it. So rock on, Capcom! They just made making good decision after good decision. Ever since Mega Man Nine, they've been like, okay, <laughs> they've just been they've just had like sixteen guys on forums all day, eight hours a day, just copying down development notes from uh, from their uh, fans, and it's worked wonders for them. So hopefully, this will work similarly for Namco Bandai, and we're going to be able to fight Pac Man and Mega Man soon. Mm. And Dante, bring in Dante, I'm, and I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll find his way in there. He always does. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good note to leave off, though. I mean, we have um, still a ton of stone news came out. We really had to pick carefully, so make sure to head over to Elder Geek and um, see, because there's probably something we you would want to hear, but we just didn't have time for this yep. week. And uh, keep tuned to the site. We uh, we uh, want to, I guess, not apologize, but uh, we want to reaffirm our promise that uh, stuff is happening and the removal of the forums was truly necessary. Uh, but uh, on, on the plus side, we're bringing you new community-focused features, uh, which you can comment on and uh, and uh, you know build the community on that side at the very least until we get this new thing up and running. Uh, so yeah, have fun. <laughs> Absolutely, and you guys have been really good on commenting and keeping it up. So please do uh, keep on going, and we'll keep on letting you do it. It's awesome to see. We love it. Yep. All right, bye guys. 